This is the Action Network Podcast. And this one is good. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome, everybody, to the Action Network podcast. I'm your host, Dan Titus, today, and we got a special episode here. Typically, you know, it's week two of NFL football. We have the UEFA Champions League going on right now. Shout to AC Milan. I'm wearing their jersey. That's my squad back in the day of FIFA. But we're going to take a pause because, in case you didn't know, the 73rd annual Primetime Emmy Awards is taking place on Sunday. And we have a resident expert in the mix at the Action Network, and his name is Ryan Rich Fat Baby McKee. And Ryan is the guy that's behind the scenes making all of the great content for our YouTube at the Action Network. So he is stepping up here, but this isn't just a regular guy. This man actually has an Emmy Award. Not only that, he's been a voting member of the Emmy Award since 2015. And as I'm looking at him, you guys obviously can't see this, but he has this big, shiny gold. I'm actually surprised how big this Emmy Award is sitting right in front of me. So yeah. Rich Fat Baby, is, what's up, dude? What is up? Yeah, uh, go to YouTube. Maybe I'll post some of this video on YouTube so uh, people can see the Emmy. But uh, thank you for the great introduction. Uh, Titus and I go back to the uh, Sports Gaming Podcast Network days, and that's where my name, Rich Fat Baby, comes from, if that threw off the few <laughs> listeners that are, are really getting into this. For sure, man. And uh, so for today's episode, we're going to take a give you a quick rundown of how to bet the Emmys, things you need to know about betting the Emmys, and why are we listening to this resident expert? I mean, obviously, this guy knows a little something about the Emmys, considering that he has he has one and he is a voting member. So things to know is like there are not a lot of American books right now that have these odds out. But if you can't find a book that you want to bet these, this is still a fun podcast because you can put together like an Emmy pool with your friends or maybe your partner or a friend who isn't into sports or isn't into sports betting, but would get into this. You can show how savvy you are and how you haven't been wasting all your time betting sports uh, by also being able to win your Emmy pool by knowing the odds, whereas most people just bet for their favorite shows and don't pay attention to what the actual uh, odds are saying or the experts. So, however, I will say that while I do consider myself an expert, just because I worked in television for a number of years and um, I've been a voting member, this I'm not the type of expert like we normally have on the Action Network podcast who is a handicapper actually crunching numbers, a bunch of stats. There's not really a lot of numbers to crunch out there for the Emmys. So uh, we can look at the history. We can look at what happened in the last few years. We can look at what, you know, some storylines that are coming out. But it's like voting. It's like betting on the MVP for NFL or NBA. Uh, it's not just the best player, right? It's also about a storyline. And so that's what happens here. You have people voting. The human factor, they're always going to, take that narrative into consideration. So something to think about as we uh, talk through this. And also the 
it's much different than betting sports in that the the odds vary wildly across different sports books. So if you don't like the odds on one sports book, definitely go shop around because you can find some crazy differences in odds. Yeah, that's interesting. And, you know, for strategy's sake, you know, are you typically betting the favorites? Like what is the, I guess, what's the, in your experience, what's the likelihood of those favorites actually coming out on top? And how often do we see these upsets and what do you think kind of drives those uh, underdog stories that may kind of pop up and and overtake a uh, favorite? Yeah. I mean, do not bet favorites across the board. All the favorites never win all the way across. Um, as we go through these, I'll, I'll point some out from some examples from last year in particular. Uh, this year, I, I imagine, will be a little more like last year with everything going on with the pandemic and social unrest. Like That's just more of a uh, storyline throughout entertainment, and that bleeds over into the awards as well. So uh, something to consider, like Zendaya, won last year for best actress in a drama series. And she was, I think, a 10 to one or 15 to one to win. And she beat a heavy favorite. So, uh, yeah, they definitely there's plenty of upsets during these. So it is fun to throw a couple of dollars on knowing that, you know, there's there's not a lot of science to it. Right. And in terms of the types of networks that typically win, like I've been a huge fan of a lot of HBO's work over the years. Um, and then you obviously have the network television. Are you seeing any trends in the Netflix and the Hulus of the world? Their, their programming, have they been getting a little bit more notoriety or attention given how much emphasis has been taken, especially during the pandemic and streaming services? Absolutely. Absolutely. The streaming services are killing network TV as far as the awards are concerned. As we go through this, you'll see almost all of the nominations for best comedy series and for uh, best drama series, all but maybe one or two uh, comedy series. I think just Blackish is the only network uh, program that's uh, that's nominated for best comedy series. So, yeah, definitely you want to look at the streaming and something to know, which I'll talk about when we get to one of these categories is all networks do this, but Disney is especially known in making a concerted effort to get as many voters with as many employees registered with the TV Academy to start voting. And they have been known to kind of like take over the animation awards because they just have so many voters within the system. And, you know, they don't, they don't mandate that you vote for the shows that you work for, but of course, it's you know, encouraged. People want to, yeah, people <laughs> want to support their company, and with um, you know the Disney Plus streaming app, they're entering the you know they're a real contender in the Emmys this year with some of their shows. So that is something to consider going forward. I I, I do think certain companies are known for making more concerted efforts to win these awards than others. And do you know how many total votes go into this process? I don't. And I, it's different for every category because okay. um, like I'm in the producers section of the TV Academy. And so I only get to vote for certain categories. I don't get to vote for all the acting categories, for example, because those are okay. other actors vote for those categories or people within certain Maybe I, I, if they're in the casting department, too, they would vote for the acting. So you only kind of vote on what your expertise is. Gotcha. That's a great level set, McKee. Thank you for that. 
All right. So you ready to get into some of these awards? Let's do it. So let's kick it off with best comedy series here. I love I'm a big fan of Ted Lasso. Also see Blackish, Cobra Kai, Emily in Paris, Pen 15, The Flight Attendant and The Kaminsky Method. Which one do you like out of these out of these selections? So you and everybody else in America loves Ted Lasso right now. Go and talk to dads, moms, <laughs> wives, husbands, like everybody's into Ted Lasso right now. It's been a huge hit for Apple streaming. It's the only thing that the, they're really like hanging their hat on right now for this streaming service. They're right. all in and Ted Lasso, it follows the same narrative that made Shit's Creek the big winner last year. Shit's Creek uh, swept all the acting awards and comedy. It hasn't been done in ages. And I think it's because people need a more lighthearted release series, not that kind of cringe comedy or not the like dramedy. They would rather have something that leaves them feeling good with everything right. the way it is in the world right now, right? With the pandemic and social unrest. So Ted Lasso is hands down going to be the huge winner this year in a lot of categories. And it's a, it's like a minus 700 favorite at a lot of books or a minus. I mean, maybe you get it at minus 300, but most places I'm seeing it at minus 700 is as best as you're going to do. Um, so maybe if you can parlay it with something else, I think it's going to win, but it's not going to you know win you a lot of money to bet on Ted Lasso. And I just feel like it's a foregone conclusion that it's winning though. Last year, Shit's Creek was a favorite at minus 300. And uh, that gives you a sense of how sure that they are. The odds makers are that Ted Lasso is winning is that putting it at may minus 700. Understood. And are you a bit confused? Cause I am. Why is Cobra Kai in the comedy series? I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a karate kid fan from back in the day. So I had to watch Cobra Kai, but like, it was just so ridiculous. The show was like, eh, it was all right. Absolutely. I think that it kind of goes to show that the year we're in right now, a lot of yeah. shows uh, were delayed releasing because of the pandemic and a lot of shut down uh, because of it. So a show like Cobra Kai that wouldn't normally sneak in uh, has, I don't know why it's in the economy category, but also it doesn't really feel appropriate in the drama category either. <laughs> so I guess, sure, that works. I think it's more of a half yeah. hour show. Maybe that's what they're basing it off of. Okay. Um, but yeah, don't bet on Cobra Kai. I think they're like plus, you know. 30 to one odds or something like that. But uh, it, a couple guys is not going to win. And I think it also shows Netflix's power, right? Netflix just yeah. racks up a number of nominations. So just the fact that Netflix took this show from, you know, YouTube's failed streaming service and put it on their platform, I think gave it more legitimacy. Right. And so let's go to the lead actor in a comedy series. Pretty stiff competition. Anthony Anderson for Blackish, Michael Douglas for The Kaminsky Method, William H. Macy for Shameless. Love that show. Jason Sudeikis for Ted Lasso. And then Keenan Thompson gets his first nod with Keenan. What are your what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, so it's gonna be Jason Sudeikis. There's no yeah. question. It's as much of a foregone conclusion as that is that Ted Lasso is gonna win comedy series. Sudeikis is winning this. Um, I don't think anybody else is even close to him. Michael Douglas. Kaminsky method like this was the worst season of Kaminsky method yet he was nominated in the first two seasons he didn't win there uh blackish is nominated across the board every year everyone agrees they like this show it's an important comedy series they've 
you know, been on since 2015 and they've navigated a bunch of political and social swings better than just about any sitcom, but they never win. They get nominated every year. They just never win. So I think it's going to be today because everybody can't stop talking about Ted Lasso. And so, yeah, right away, I think it's going to be Lasso, Lasso. And Hugh, again, negative 2000 odds. I, I, you're not going to win any money by betting on it. So let's take it to the lead actress in a comedy series. We got A.D. Bryant for Shrill, Kaylee Kuwaku, I remember from Big Bang, uh, The Flight Attendant, Allison Janney for Mom, Tracy Ellis Ross for Blackish, and then Gene Smart for Hacks. So we have a couple other shows that entered the categories here. So what are you expecting out of the lead actress award? Yeah, so Ted Lasso does not have someone nominated in this category. So you would think it should be wide open. However, unfortunately for betters, Gene Smart is a heavy favorite. So she's flown under the radar for the last year, but had one of the most versatile acting years of of just about anybody. She played a, you know, a Philadelphia suburb, working class townie grandma and mayor of Easttown, which she's also nominated for. Um, And she's nominated for this. In Hack, she plays an aging Joan Rivers-esque like Vegas comedian. And it's about showbiz. She's great in it. Uh, You know, voters in show business love shows about showbiz. She's never won a leading actress award. And she's been you know, around since designing women days before that uh, in the eighties. So I think she definitely gets her first lead actress uh, win here. Um, She's a negative 300 odds I'm seeing. So yeah, that's quite a bit of juice, but I'm pretty sure she's going to win. Kaylee Kawako in flight attendant is the only one that maybe even has a prayer. I'm seeing her at plus 170 plus 200. Uh, she took a major leap and being taken seriously as an actress by being nominated for this. And she was never nominated for the Big Bang Theory, even though that was like a nominations award machine for 10 years. Uh, had 46 Emmy Award nominations for that show over its run. So I think it's just kind of a win for her that she's even nominated. So go ahead. Smart bet. Gene Smart. I dig it. I dig it. And so let's go to the best supporting or outstanding supporting actor in a comedy series. We have Carl Clemens Hopkins for hacks, Keenan Thompson for Saturday night live, Bowen Yang for Saturday night live as well. Brett Goldstein in Ted Lasso, Brendan hunt. Also Ted Lasso. I mean, this is pretty much all Ted Lasso here, Nick Muhammad, Jeremy Swift as well. And then to close out, we got Paul Reiser for the Kaminsky method. So with so much, with so much emphasis on Ted Lasso here, you got to expect it to probably come from that show, right? Or are we going to get a dark horse here, maybe in Saturday Night Live, who also had two nominations? Or is it Hacks? Well, here's the thing. Uh, it's definitely not Hacks. You can stay away from uh, Carl <laughs> Clemens Hopkins. Sorry, Carl, if you're listening to this. But uh, you also stay away from Paul Reiser, the Kaminsky Method. Nothing from the Minsk. Method is winning this year. You could argue that it's going to come from Ted Lasso, but do the four actors nominated from Ted Lasso split the vote too much? I don't think so. I think that Brett Goldstein, the actor who plays Roy Kent, uh, is everybody's favorite, like who watches that show. As soon as you talk about Roy Kent with somebody who watches Ted Lasso, their eyes light up. He's hilarious. He is also was kind of 
this is his first breakout role. Despite being around show business for a long time, he's been a comedy writer for a lot of years. And he was originally just hired on this show as a comedy writer, but was so good at helping people try to play this role, this role of Roy Kent. They just gave him the role. So I really like this at plus 250 for Brett Goldstein to win. Again, I do think Ted Lasso is going to sweep a lot of these categories. However, Keenan Thompson has been nominated for a bunch of, I think he's five or six acting awards and he's never won an Emmy for acting. He's won for songwriting when the, the uh, spoof songs that they did, he won for that, but he has never won an acting award. So at plus 150, I would probably speak a little bit on Keenan and Brett plus 150 and plus 250. And I think that's a pretty good chance that you're going to win. Maybe Bowen Yang is a, a dark horse favorite just because like he has really been, uh, active in the political uh, community as well, like speaking out for the rights of Asian actors. So I love yeah. that. And I could see that that may be pushing him over the top, but I just don't think enough people know his name yet. Yeah. With it, well, the older people of the uh, television Academy. Sure. That's fair. Yeah. I really love Roy Kent's character. As you said, you know, most of social media is always buzzing when Ted Lasso drops on Friday. So yeah, no surprise there. And I, I'm at two plus two fifty, man. I think you're getting some really good value there. Would love to see Keenan take home an award for a change because he's just been there. He's been doing this since the days of all that, you know, back in Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. So dude's, dude's been uh, had a very story career and only progressed as he's gotten older. It could hurt him also that he's also nominated for best actor in a comedy for his show Keenan. And so people might get confused and not sure. vote for him in one, not vote for him in the other or, or vice versa. And uh, and this was a perfect example. You asked me if the favorite always just wins. No, like last year, Tony Shalhoub for Marvelous Miss Maisel was a minus 200, minus 300 favorite. And Daniel Levy from Schitt's Creek, who was a plus 150, plus 250 uh, odds coming into it, he won, you know, and it makes total sense now that, Shits Creek swept all the acting awards, and I think it's going to make a similar uh, storyline with Ted Lasso sweeping many of these acting awards. So let's um, let's go to outstanding supporting actress in the comedy series here. Should we just avoid hacks at this point? <laughs> Hannah Einbinder. Uh, we got A.D. Bryant for Saturday Night Live. We got Kate McKinnon for Saturday Night Live. Cicely Strong for Saturday Night Live, Hannah Waddingham. Um, and then we got Juno Temple for Ted Lasso as well. And then the OG, Rosie Perez for The Flight Attendant. Or do you think that this is going to be another Ted Lasso opportunity here? Or what, what are you thinking for uh, supporting actress? So Hannah Waddington is a, like, I'm seeing her at like minus 900 favorite to win wow. this. Uh, people Lance. love her in this series. It's been a real tone shift for her. Like maybe even more so than sports. Entertainment loves an underdog, right? So the entertainment industry loves rooting for an underdog. While I just said that she's the favorite, she's kind of been an underdog in her career. She's been a mm. background actress. You know, she her big role was the the shame nun, uh, which was you know nobody remembered her from that. She was all covered up as a nun. Right, and right. Uh, so this has been a real breakout role for her. I think people love the story of her being a working actress for all these years, and she's finally getting a chance to. Uh, you know, sink her teeth into this role. So I, she's the favorite for a reason. However, I do think there is a case to be made for Rosie Perez at 
10 to one. I would definitely sprinkle a little bit on her. She's been around forever. She's never won an acting Emmy. She hasn't been nominated for an Emmy since 1993, which was when she was nominated for choreography on In Living Color. I was going to say In Living Color. I was going to say it. I knew it. Yeah, she was nominated for never one nominated three years in a row for choreography for In Living Color. Never one. She uh, has a great story where she from the shooting uh, flight attendant where I'm not great because it's fun, but great because it's uh, just an interesting story to tell. She got she was one of the first people that got covid while shooting over in Bangkok. They didn't even really totally know what it was. She was in the hospital for weeks um, wow. and they're you know, they're they're she's doing the press rounds talking up this story. So people are hearing it. Uh, I think people might be willing to vote for her as well. So might want to sprinkle a little bit on this at 10 to one. Yeah. Curious why you don't think Juno Temple has a bigger opportunity here from the Ted Lasso camp, because she does play a prominent role in there. Had Hannah Waddingham not been so talked about leading into this awards season, I would say I would make a stronger coast for Juno Temple because I think she is great. You know, she has been around the industry a long time. So people do know her name. She was one of the only actors to kind of get an offer for this series. Everybody else had to audition for it. So, uh, I mean, she came in as, you know, the one of the favorites to lead this show. Um, but Hannah Wyden has just kind of blown her out of the water, unfortunately for her. Gotcha. That makes sense. The Action Network podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. And to celebrate the 2021 NFL season, BetMGM is offering a great sign-up offer for our listeners, a $600 risk-free first bet. You just open an account at BetMGM and make your first deposit. Then make your first bet. If that bet wins, the money is yours. And if your bet doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $600. It's that simple. To get started, just click on the link in this episode description. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the best features for NFL betting, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, BetMGM is compatible with our BetSync technology, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $600. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get back to the show. Let's move on to the let's go to the drama series here. Uh, So for the award, we have Lovecraft Country, Pose, The Boys, The Crown, Handmaid's Tale, Mandalorian, This Is Us, and Bridgerton. All right. So what do you think on this one? This is uh, some pretty stiff competition here. I have my favorite. I love the Mandalorian, but uh, what, do, what do you think? And the voters are, are, are well, leaning into, as I mentioned, I don't get to bet on these, but I would, uh, I did vote for my Mandalorian. It's at sitting at plus nice. 400 right now. 
Um, the crown is the favorite at minus 400. I'm seeing it at other books at a much steeper price. Uh, some books okay. have it at like minus 1200, uh, minus 1000. So I, the crown has been nominated uh, every year. It's been on for best drama series and never won. They're three for 16 in all their award nominations so far. So I think people are thinking it's their year. They're owed it. There wasn't another runaway drama success. Uh, Bridgerton got a lot of people talking when it came out just because it was kind of like, you know, a, a sexy, spicy, like like Shakespearean style uh, drama. But it's not good. It's just it's fun to watch, but I wouldn't <laughs> say it's good. The Mandalorian, I would be willing to bet a little bit on if you can get it at if you can find it longer than plus 400, I would definitely put a little money on it because like I mentioned, Disney will make a concerted effort to get this thing to win. They will get every, mm-hmm. they will round up the horses within the, within the company and get everybody to vote on it that they can. So, um, and it was just a men is just straight up a fan favorite as many, as much as people like the crown and love voting for Netflix stuff. I do think the Mandalorian has a shot. So I wouldn't put too much money on the crown and make sure to spread it out between the crown and the Mandalorian. I think those are the only two series that have a chance. Fair enough. So on to outstanding lead actor in a drama series. So we got Reggie Jean Page and we have Jonathan Majors for Lovecraft Country, Matthew Reese for Perry Mason, Billy Porter for Propose, uh, Josh O'Connor for The Crown, and Sterling K. Brown for This Is Us. Where do you think the voters are leaning here? So Josh O'Connor is coming in as the heavy favorite into this category. He's at minus 700, minus 800 on some books. He plays uh, Prince Charles in The Crown. He's a very unlikable character he's kind of the villain in this last season um for what he does to diana however josh o'connor plays it really good and i don't think anybody else made enough of a splash to unseat him so i would for me this is a stay away because i don't like that number at minus 700 if you want to throw a little bit on it i would put it on reggie Jean page for bridgerton because he was like the the breakout star from that much talked about show on Netflix. If you can get him at plus 550 plus 600, I think that that's fair to uh, sprinkle a little on that uh, because last year, uh, Brian Cox from succession came in as a heavy favorite at minus 300 and uh, Jeremy strong, who's also on succession ended up beating him at, and he came in and it's like a plus 250 plus 350. Um, so this is one I do think that somebody can un- upset Josh O'Connor. If it's going to be anybody, I think it's going to be Paige. However, I don't like it. I would recommend stay away. All right. So in the same vein, let's go to the outstanding lead actress in the drama series. So out of the field, we have a couple nominees from The Crown. Uh, in Treatment, Uzo Aduba. We got Journey Smollett for Lovecraft Country. And then finally... Uh, Elizabeth Moss for, oh, and she's the Handmaid's Tale, MJ Rodriguez for Pose. So what are you thinking out of, out of this category? So uh, Emma Corrin for playing Princess Diana in The Crown comes in as a heavy favorite. She's minus 400, minus 500. It's hard to not want to bet on her. She was so good. She really does convince you that she's Princess Diana while watching The Crown. Mm-hmm. However, 
the storyline of MJ Rodriguez, I think might put her over the top. She's the first transgender actress to uh, be nominated for an Emmy Award. She uh, was a longtime Broadway star before she transitioned. She took a break from acting for a while, came back, and now she is, you know, nominated for Best Lead Actress for a show that is heavily nominated, hasn't won any awards yet. I think this could be uh, the one that maybe puts them over the top. She's at plus 500, plus 600. You can find those odds on her. I'll go ahead and put some money on her as a long shot to win this. I, I do think they are the idea of her being the first transgender actress to win a Emmy Award is enough to get some people to vote. That's a great angle there. Um, and, and curious to see if that if that's how the, also the voters are leaning here. But at plus 500, I mean, I think you're getting pretty good, pretty good value considering the narrative spin there um, and opportunity. So uh, but it's going to be hard going up against someone playing the role of Princess Diana. So we'll see how that shakes yeah. out. And this um, was a category that was I mentioned earlier in the podcast was an upset last year. Zendaya came in at 10 to 1 odds, ended up beating uh, Olivia Coleman and Laura Linney, who were the heavy favorites, as well as Jennifer Aniston. So I feel like this is a category where uh, clearly somebody could upset uh, the favorite. All right. And let's go to Outstanding Supporting Actor in Drama Series. So R.I.P. Michael K. Williams for Lovecraft Country. John Lithgow for Perry Mason, Tobias Menzies for The Crown. We got O.T. Fag Benle for The Handmaid's Tale, Max Magella for The Handmaid's Tale, Bradley Whiteford for The Handmaid's Tale, Giancarlo Esposito for The Mandalorian, and Chris Sullivan for This Is Us. This is a tough one. A um, lot, of, lot of name notoriety here. Obviously, heavy hearts for Michael K. Williams, who just recently passed away. But yeah, this is... Um, a lot of good talent here. So what do you what do you think the voters are going to do for this one? So here's the thing. Voting ended when Michael K. Williams passed away. Okay. So I feel like the odds have moved heavily in his favorite since then, but all the votes were counted. So that's not going to weigh on anybody's mind, actually. Um, right. Now, he was already a favorite within the Academy in the sense that he's he was never nominated for his greatest uh, role, Omar, in uh, The Wire. The Wire. The Wire you know, people really didn't catch on to The Wire until it was more on streaming. Um, so I could see people voting for him because he's never won an Emmy for like a major role. Uh, Lovecraft Company kind of came and went, though. Nobody really, I feel like not many people watched it, and he didn't even show up until the second episode. Yeah, could be a problem there, which is why as much as I love him as an actor, I would actually put my money on Giancarlo Esposito. He never won for Gus Fring and Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Like he was not he's been nominated twice for that role. He was nominated for this Moff Gideon character last year as well. He came in at 10 to 1 odds last year. Now he's at plus 300 odds. He had a juicier role in this season as this Moff Gideon character. And I have a feeling that he's going to be, I like those odds better at plus 300 than uh, Michael K. Williams at minus 300. Yeah. I would love to see Giancarlo take that home. Um, as I said, I'm a big fan of the Mandalorian and think his role was 
was definitely important and vital. And I love to see it grow in, in the second season of that. So really good insight there, McKee. Let's go to the next award here. We have the two outstanding limited or anthology series. I may destroy you the Queens gambit, the underground railroad and WandaVision. I couldn't get through WandaVision loved Queens gambit. And so I'm curious, what, what are you thinking here? Yeah, I think the only two worth talking about here is the two favorites, the Queen's Gambit. I'm seeing that at minus 225 right now. And Mayor of Easton is at plus 300, plus 150 on some books. Uh, as much One Vision does have a hardcore fan base. Most people couldn't make it through the first couple episodes, though, where they're doing yeah. the cheesy 50s throwback stuff. <laughs> I know my wife immediately jumped off. I like... <laughs> Gritted my way through it. Happy I got through the first few episodes. It did get better. I'm thinking most people didn't, though. At, but that's yeah. at plus 1,600 anyways. So I, I think it's a toss-up with Maravisan or the Queen's Gambit. So I would go ahead and take the longer odds with Maravisan at plus 300, plus 150. Though, if you sprinkle a little bit on both, I think you're definitely going to win it. Gotcha. And let's go to the lead actor in a limited series here. Uh, some pretty nice competition here. We got Ewan McGregor, Lin-Manuel Miranda, Leslie Odom, Hugh Grant, and Paul Bettany uh, for WandaVision. Where, where are you leaning towards on this one? So this one I feel like is really a toss-up. Uh, Paul Bettany right now is the favorite at minus 100, uh, minus 110. Hugh Grant is like nipping on his heels right there at like plus 110. Uh I would go away from those guys because I do think pretty much anybody could win this award. Yeah. And I'd go for Lin-Manuel Miranda for Hamilton. People love Hamilton. Why are we sleeping love, on Hamilton? Love Hamilton. He is at plus 200 all the way up to plus 2000. I'm seeing him on some books again. This was something that put Disney streaming on the map when they got the rights to Hamilton. And I know it's, you know, just a, a a video series of the actual play. But because Hugh Grant and Paul Bettany didn't blow people away with their roles, I don't know why I'm not seeing uh, Miranda at shorter odds here. So I would go ahead and I wouldn't put a lot on it because, again, this is going to be a toss up. But if you can find like 200 to one, oh, a couple bucks on it. I dig it. Yeah, I like I actually like Leslie Odom way more than Lynn Manuel Miranda in Hamilton, but hey, I'm not a voter, so what does my opinion matter? But no, I uh, mean, yeah, <laughs> certainly the talent is there, but who's the name, right? Right, exactly. So let's go to outstanding lead actress in Limit Series. Another really good, really good uh nominees listed here. Uh, but give me your favorite for this one. Yeah, the only ones we have to talk about is just like we did with the series. Kate wins at Mary Easttown and Anya, uh, Anya Taylor Joy for the Queen's Gambit. They're right around the same. Uh, you, I'm seeing Kate wins on some books as minus 150, and then uh, Taylor Joy at plus 150. Um, either of these can win. Uh, but I definitely think that it's going to be Kate, Kate Winslet just because, I mean, she is a wards bait. I mean, she's pretty much the uh, she hasn't won in a she hasn't won an Emmy in like 10 years, but she won for this category prior in like 2006 and awards shows love her. 
I have a feeling and she really went a lot of lengths to get the Philadelphia accent down. I mean, she comes from, you know, uh, somewhere in the UK with a real right. highfalutin accent. And she got the <laughs> Philadelphia accent down, uh, which they say is one of the hardest accents to do. And I think actors who are voting for this category know that. And uh, as good as Anya Taylor-Joy was and as good as the Queen's Gambit was, I think that Kate Winslet takes this. So let's go a little bit more obscure and unique here. Any outside the box long shots that you're uh, going to be betting on? Yeah. And so I'm going to make this quick for best variety talk series. I like Conan at plus 700. Now, um, the last five years running, John Oliver has won this award. Before that, it was a run of like 10 years of The Daily Show and Colbert Report winning it. So the absurd, you know, the absurd comedy talk shows have haven't won this in a very long time. Um, and Conan has never even been nominated for this particular award because they uh, split it up in 2015 from a uh, variety talk series and sketch series into two separate awards. Uh, I be, being that he's canceled this year, I think that this is a, a heartstrings vote, right? I think that the fact that he's even nominated here shows that people will vote for him just based off of their, like, you know, more of a lifetime achievement award. And I think people are just, <laughs> you know, kind of bummed out about the news. John Oliver, when I watch that show now, I just get bummed out. I don't even, I loved it for a while. And now I'm just like, give me something just silly. And plus he's won five years in a row. He doesn't need to win yeah. this one again. So give me Conan at plus 700. And then the last one is RuPaul's Drag Race for best competition program. It has won three years running. It's nominated again, um, but it's the heavy favorite at minus 600 to win again. But if you want to, uh, you know, take a flyer, go with Nailed It with Nicole Byer on Netflix. Uh, this is the third year it's been nominated uh, it's more of a spoof competition show than a real competition show, but people love it. It's very watchable. It's on Netflix, so you know it gets a lot of eyeballs. I think it's a perfect show to binge throughout this year. So I think uh, people might be a little tired of RuPaul's Drag Race, and they might go with Nicole Byer. So if you can get it plus 400, plus 500, why not take a shot on that one? Great insight as usual. McKee, thank you so much for giving all of the listeners of the Action Network the lowdown on everything Emmys. So if you're sitting with your spouse, if you guys are bored with your friends and you want to put some action down, make a pool. This is the guideline and feedback that you're going to need to have to make those informed bets. And yeah, make sure to uh, check out our feed for the rest of the week. We have a lot of good NFL content coming out as well as college football so make sure if you have any bets, you're using the Action app. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel. Subscribe. Give us your feedback. With that, McKee, where can the people find you? Hit me up at the Ryan McKee on Twitter. Other than that, just subscribe to the Action Network and Fantasy Labs YouTube channel. I run those. I just want more people to be aware of them. Lots of great content going on there. Until then, I'm your boy, Dan Titus. You can find me at Dan Titus, and you'll hear me on the Buckets podcast on Monday for the Action Network. So until then, we'll talk to you next time. Peace.